Welcome, everybody, and uh, welcome to another uh, Transportation Insights series. I'm here today with Peter uh, to talk about the post-pandemic world and the corona crisis and the trade war. And I'm thrilled to have you here with me today, Peter. Welcome. Could you do a short introduction, please? Thanks, Patrick. It's, uh, it's nice of you to have me here on Transportation Insights. Uh, uh, celebrating basically also the start of a good relation between BIMCO and, and Senator, making good use of uh, your data in our analytical work. Uh, so, uh, but a brief introduction. Um, I had the uh, BIMCO shipping market analysis uh, for, uh, for a bit more than a decade now, uh, focusing on uh, container shipping industry, uh, dry bulk shipping and, and, and oil tanker business as well, trying to understand from a macroeconomic perspective, how is that impacting the world of shipping? Uh, and right now, with a, uh, a pandemic uh, crossing uh, crossing the globe more than ever, uh, it's uh, it's a huge uh, chunk of information that we get need to get our head around every single day in order to uh, to to lay some guides on what lies in this uh, this post pandemic world of ours. Cool. Listen, Peter. Uh, uh, one of the key concerns that I have uh, these days is, is what's going to happen to globalization. I mean, for the last 50, 60 years plus, uh, the global trade is just uh, headed in one direction, more or less. There's been some, you know, financial crisis and so forth, slow, bringing it back a little bit. But the overall trend has been far more uh, global trade. And one of the things that we see uh, tendencies of, or at least talks about these days, is uh, nearshoring uh, less global trade. What what do you where what do you see? What do you stand on this? What's your thinking on this? Rolling back globalization is not the answer to this crisis or any crisis for that matter. But having said that, during times of crisis, every nation look inwards, and and that's what we are seeing this time around again. Uh, allow me to go back to to the the global financial crisis and 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 before that. Because if we use an indicator like the uh, uh, trade to GDP multiplier, uh, that was uh, that was uh, pretty solid before the global financial crisis. It was lower after the global financial crisis, and going forward beyond this current pandemic, we expect that multiplier to become even lower. And why is that? It's not only due to the composition of our demand uh, pattern, but surely also due to the fact that every time we have a significant crisis, protectionism seems to show its ugly face. We saw that already with the uh, trade war, uh, and um, and unfortunately, uh, that's how we see also the post-pandemic world, one where uh, political uh, winds uh, may affect uh, global shipping negatively, simply due to the fact that uh, that there are some new ways of thinking uh, at political level that uh, may not uh, prove positive to uh, to global trade unfortunately even though uh, any retreat on that will only bring uh, fewer goods around at lower quality and at higher prices yeah but but isn't it a point to all of this like uh, why would you say that it's it's not the solution with the moving factories back and why would you have that strong opinion i mean is, is china the only option here or what are we looking at well i think it's fair to say that uh, that you may see me as an opinionated analyst they're working in the world's largest shipping association but uh, but if you look at the transportation cost that uh, that we in shipping provide in particular in container shipping for uh, for more than four or five decades now 
it is absolutely dead cheap when you buy sneakers or if you buy your shirts the price of the transportation on the seaborne leg is absolutely insignificant and what we have seen in terms of globalization over the past couple of decades when 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 china entered the world trade organization uh, uh, just just short after we we turned into this new millennium uh, china have basically developed into the world's largest uh, manufacturing hub uh, approximately one third of all container throughput originates from Chinese ports. So that whole ecosystem of logistics with uh, containerized goods being produced, shipped and circulated to, uh, to the entire globe, it's second to none. Uh, but surely we have seen changes to, uh, to, to trade patterns uh, originating already from, uh, from the trade war. Some of those we are expecting to, uh, to, to, uh, to to, to see uh, more of uh, in, uh, in the post-pandemic world, uh, but, uh, but it remains, at least uh, in our analytical thinking, uh, there is no way around uh, still being dependent on China as, uh, as the global uh, factory of manufacturing goods. Interesting. I, I think I, I, I second that opinion, actually. And, uh, but if, if, you, if you then want to speculate a little bit about what would we potentially then see afterwards, what will the world look like after this uh, COVID-19 period, and or or do you think it will not disappear in uh, in um, in a, let's say one two years? What's your horizon, and what do you foresee uh, that the world would look like? I think it's fair to say that the global shipping industry was already heading uh, towards a headwind uh, going into 2020. Um, IMO 2020 sulfur cap uh, was uh, was one of the things that uh, that would uh, that would lift the cost of uh, of the global shipping industry. Uh, right now, uh, we're facing a huge uh, drop in 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 demand, one that we will only see uh, gradually return, uh, and uh, and and one that that takes many turns around the globe. Unfortunately, right now, first of all, uh, with with the closing of manufacturing hubs in in China, then the the, the full lockdown in in Europe and US uh, affecting uh, consumer demand. Uh, one of the numbers that we see uh, in terms of US retail sales in in March, uh, clothing and clothing accessories, they fell by 50% from February. Naturally, this is staggering numbers and and something that will affect uh, the um, the volumes that you will see on on the Trans-Pacific uh, trade lanes uh, right now uh, in, in, in May, but also beyond May, uh, leading into uh, what is what is normally the, the, the peak season of, uh, of, of shipping uh, for, uh, for containers, uh, but, but one that will look very differently uh, this time around. Uh, but, uh, but again, as, as you mentioned, Patrick, looking, looking further ahead, um, we, we unfortunately only uh, can, can see this uh, repat creation of, of some of the, uh, the the manufacturing things that we have seen since uh, the global financial crisis are becoming slightly worse uh, simply due to the fact that protectionism seems to have uh, have better soil to grow in uh, when uh, at times of crisis and, and we are surely at a time of crisis with well in many different ways right now yeah that's true listen you um you mentioned that it's slowly coming back, and it take uh, take it will take quite a lot of time. Is it in, in, in before we went into this, we we had like IMO 2020, we had the trade wars. Is there anything sort of like we're not watching today because of all of the noise of COVID-19? Any any anything to share on all of these trades war? The trade wars? Do we do we leave it behind? 
before anything to share with the viewers on, on that topic that they should have uh, uh, top of mind? I think uh, we surely need to be uh, quite focused on the uh, the main trade lanes uh, as uh, as you can sometimes uh, feel yourself astray when looking at uh, uh, secondary trades or, or even tertiary uh, trades. Uh, the trade war, uh, which is also uh, an integral uh, talk of our discussion here, uh, we have already seen a lot of focus on on, on U.S. exports to China, uh, but uh, but as you as you may be aware from uh, from Bimco market analysis, so we published only was it six weeks ago, um, uh, quite good data on uh, on the impact of of tariffed goods uh, on the Trans-Pacific trade lane, and from U.S. into China, that was a drop of 33.6% uh, from uh, from the volumes in 2017 and 2019. But as staggering as those numbers may be, they remain completely insignificant to what's move, what moves in uh, eastbound direction from China, from Far East Asia into North America. So from a uh, an understanding point of view, and, and well, you know, I like to put things into perspective, don't look at the the insignificant trades uh, like like whatever U.S. is exporting because the U.S. is is a very large but closed economy. It doesn't mm. really rely much on foreign trade. Uh, so uh, so so look at the at something that uh, that that is is much more relevant. Um, and and that's that's the headholes. That's that's where the big uh, cargoes are moved. Um, and and going forward from an industry that has built itself around. Uh, giant container ships transporting huge volumes of containers to various hubs around the world where feeders then redistribute. Uh, that becomes even more essential going uh, forward than it, than it has been in the past decade. Interesting. I see, I see some analysts uh, speculating that we're sort of getting through the worst now and, and potentially an uptake in Q2, Q4 already and, and sort of bouncing back. What's what's your outlook, uh, Peter? Uh, are you as optimistic as that or what do you think we're heading into? Uh, well, I try to stay realistic, uh, so uh, so uh, I never put a tag on myself as being optimistic or negative. Uh, but uh, but if we go by any numbers from World Trade Organization and 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 their optimistic uh, scenario for uh, for 2020, where they sit, where they see uh, world merchandise trade drop by 12.9% in 2020, uh, in in my uh, calculations, that uh, translates into a uh, drop in uh, container shipping demand, uh, just shy of 10%. Uh, and that's their optimistic uh, projection right now. It goes all the way down to, to 32% uh, in terms of, uh, of falling uh, demand for, uh, for, uh, for, for trade in 2020. So it's quite a massive range that we're talking about right now. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, but do I see myself uh, on the team uh, with a, um, a high freight rate and high volume scenario in, in Q3 and Q4? Uh, unfortunately, uh, not. Um, we can only expect this to 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 drag on. Uh, I'm not putting uh, 2021 or 2022 on this, but going into the crisis, uh, container shipping, like uh, like many of the other uh, containers, sorry, any many of the other shipping sectors, we're already facing overcapacity, uh, and uh, right now um, we are still expecting uh, capacity to grow. If we look at uh, the, uh, the the nominal TU in uh, in the fleet. Um, uh, by a couple of percentage points, 
but set against the demand that that evaporates to to the tune of 10 percent it's a massive hole in the ground just uh, just bringing uh, a poorer utilization to at least the nominal uh, fleet so uh, so we can expect uh, from a uh, idle capacity fleet perspective uh, uh, something like uh, what we saw back in 2009 also, where we had approximately 10% idle uh, during the whole of, of, 20, uh, of, of 2009, uh, simply due to the fact that uh, it's the uh, it's the way owners prefer to uh, to to keep uh, uh, freight rates uh, elevated when uh, when demand uh, cannot do the trick itself. So fundamentals are completely off the desk right now. Yeah, that's a good point. So if I if I try to uh, summarize a little bit, uh, Peter, because time time flies. So um, you're 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 sort of making our argument here that that it it's um, it will take while a good while to recover, uh, but it will recover, and it it's not likely to think that you know nearshoring uh, any other alternatives to supply chain, given the position of of China as the uh, world's manufacturer. Uh, manufacturer and you can't simply easily replace that let's even look at southeast asia as maybe an alternative that means that you know gradually as this uh, as the dust settles we'll move back to something like normal or do you have any any changes that you foresee or is this quite actually accurately summarized <laughs> i think you summarized it uh, very well patrick i think uh, container shipping going forward will remain uh, a marginal profit business, one that uh, runs on cutting costs, uh, as uh, as there are no um, uh, price setters in 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 the market, uh, depending on uh, how you look at it. Uh, but uh, but there are uh, no uh, majority position by by any liners or, or any alliance where they can dominate the prices. So this remains a cost cutting game. Uh, mm. Where uh, we, uh, we we can only from a, from an industry perspective uh, uh, look at uh, at the uh, the long term rates to make sure that profits are, are still around. Uh, take a look at the short term rates uh, where uh, where you get a better indication of the real uh, issues on on the fundamentals uh, and and the mismatch between supply and demand. Uh, but uh, but but going forward, uh, it, it it remains a game. Uh, where uh, massive boxes uh, need to be uh, transported on huge ships, simply due uh, uh, to to the fact that it's it's the only way just to to bring around a uh, a limited profit. Uh, but once that uh, that uh, uh, well, we 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 get on the other side into this post-pandemic world, hopefully uh, optimism will some again uh, also uh, land at my desk. Uh, that would be wonderful. <laughs> Fantastic. Listen, Peter, uh, time flies. Uh, I, I, I asked for 15 minutes of your time and, and, and that's up. Any final comment you'd like to, to share with the audience? Anything in particular from uh, perhaps a shipper point of view that they should keep in mind or keep focus on uh, going forward? I think uh, from a, from a shipper point of view, uh, they are already embracing globalization. So I can only speak on behalf of uh, of our member base, which is uh, which is uh, approximately 80% of the container shipping industry uh, by owner bases as well. Saying that keep globalization around because we can deliver your goods from everywhere in the world to everywhere in the world at dead cheap rates. You know that, and please be in in uh, in this uh, this crisis uh, with us. Do not take advantage of uh, of the uh, dramatic mismatch between uh, supply and demand to uh, to to drop uh, drop freight rates to uh, to an unprecedented low. 
because that may only deliver poorer services and, and lower quality going forward if uh, if we uh, we end up with massive casualties in the industry. So let's avoid that and and, and help uh, the uh, the global community uh, uh, as well as ourselves uh, through this crisis. Fantastic. That's a re really great uh, comment, uh, Peter. Thanks a lot for joining. Truly appreciate it. Um, and also, as you mentioned in the beginning, super enthusiastic about the collaboration we've started now with uh, with you guys analyzing. And, and, and using our data sets to provide your customers with, with more valuable insights. Uh, in order to uh, continue the conversation, please uh, be aware that uh, you can go online to the Zenata community, which uh, we have listed a URL here. You can log in and, and, and ask questions uh, to us that we will get on or debate with peers. Now, again, Peter, thank you so much for joining. A huge pleasure to joining you, Patrick. All the best. Take All care. All the best.